G'day, my name's Christian. I quit my corporate job so I can spend more time with my daughters and have amazing chats with regular people in Sydney. Because life's too short not to do something you love. I hope you enjoy my podcast. Well, just jumped in the car now and on my way to pick up Fitzy. Well, I'll be honest, I'm a bit bloody nervous. Uh, he's done a bit in his career and he's still kicking a lot of goals and no AFL pun intended, but um, I'm away to, to Nova now, only a few hundred metres away. Ryan Fitzy Fitzgerald, he'll be in the car and see what little nuggets we can get out of him. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I'll be honest, I didn't sleep too well last night. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm not a nervous person. I'm not someone that's afraid to talk to a celebrity, but there's just something about Fitzy that uh, that got me a little bit nervous. So we'll see what happens with the chat today. I'm sure it's going to be a phenomenal talk. Uh, just blessed again that I can do this as a job and call this a job. I mean, it just blows my mind that, that this is what I get to do every day. And the celebrity part, that's just a string to that bow. So ahead of the chat, I'm going to say thanks, Fitzy. I hope I don't let you down. And I hope everybody enjoys the, uh, the next hour or so. And we'll see what, uh, see what happens. So here we are just pulling up, just the last 100 metres. And we'll just ease it up here on the left. And see what, uh, see what happens. You're in the front, mate. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, mate. Bye. Oh, mate, you need to push it. nine. Mate, it's a beautiful car. Look at that. Got plenty of room. Plenty of room. If you need to push it back, big man, no. let us know. Look at that. Right here. Slight bit of preamble. Yes. Um, just uh, obviously all the punters let know. We'll get going anyway. Yeah. But uh, pretty pumped to have Ryan Fitzgerald in the car. Thanks, mate. More commonly known as Fitzy. Yeah, well, if, if I can... Snag a free lift. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'll take it any time, Christian. <laughs> Do we need to go anywhere? Um, no. Why don't we... Well, it's a beautiful day outside, so why don't we hit the beaches? Well, I think if we head towards Watson Bay, yeah, maybe cruise along to Bondi. Jeez, I've settled in at Watson's Bay Hotel a few times, I tell you. It's a dangerous joint, that it's one. It's really, really dangerous. Is. And the best thing is you've got a ferry. And I'm, you go this way. Yeah, you go that way. I'm in Balmain, so I can just get a ferry home. It's just magnificent. Yeah, that's trouble, though. Uh, it's, it is trouble. <laughs> the worst is when you, you forget that the last ferry, I think, is about midnight yep. from Manly. And when it's your round. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I, that's never worried me. If it's my round, I'm more than happy to do a ghosty and get out of there. Right, <laughs> um, How was work today, mate? Yeah, good. Yeah, no, we've been we've been lucky in the sense that you know radio's been quite busy. I understand that. You know, it's a, an industry in the media though that has been decimated a bit, and they're saving a bit of money. So, quite a few people have lost their jobs, including a lot of employees at ours. Um, so we're very grateful to still have a job but um we've been flat out um which you know in this in this period has been good just to keep your head down and, and bum up and work pretty hard yeah that's totally good mate uh rightio mate you're an adelaide boy as am i yes uh and look feel free to ask any questions as we go along obviously yeah. this is uh the aussie uber, po- aussie uber podcast where i'm just here to have a chat to you and just get to know a bit more about you yeah 
Um, but if you've got any questions as we go, please feel free to ask. Um, where did you grow up? <laughs> okay, let's hit the ground running. Yeah. Uh, mate, I grew up in Salisbury. Oh, whoa, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, have you got a good car like this, Christian? Oh, mate, did you I, steal you know, it? I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of things going to Salisbury High. Um, so, okay, so we, we we have a hatred for each other. We do. Because I'm a southerner. Yeah, I know. You're a northerner. I so know. I grew up in Port Nalunga on the beach. And, I mean, do you know what a beach is? You guys wouldn't even know what a beach is. We didn't know what running water was. <laughs> We didn't have electricity in Salisbury or Elizabeth. So. Well, mate, one of my best mates is Mickey O'Loughlin, who played for the Swans, and he was a Salisbury North he, boy. Yeah, he was. So he told me plenty of stories of the Salisbury So I played days. footy with a, the, a few of the Wanganine lads. Oh, I got so you. Out at Salisbury West, Salisbury, yep. uh, Paralawi, They would have dominated out there. And they, a lot of the guys, they didn't play footy with shoes. Yes, no. Um, no. And Unbelievable. Some of the, I mean, I played footy as a youngster at Salisbury. Yep. Then went and started playing footy at Pulteney. Got ya. Yep. So I moved to Pulteney when I finished. Not uh, you didn't go to Pulteney Grammar, did you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I started playing footy at the end of year 12. Yes. And then never left the, never left the club. So I played Great. there for you know, many, many years. And what were the Pulteney amazing... what? Well, the Pulteney Blues. The Pulteney Blues. Yeah, the old scholars. Pulteney okay. old scholars and they were the Blues. Okay. We were um, the Cockle Divers. Excuse me? We were the Port Nalunga Cockle Divers. <laughs> Yeah, we were. You were not the cockle divers. No, I swear. So in the Southern Footy League, there's the Port Nalunga cockle divers, there's the Morford Vale Emus, the Norlunga shoes, the Ranella wine flies. The Norlunga shoes. Shoes, yeah, they were horseshoes. Because everyone goes, what, shoes? What type of shoes? But it was the horseshoe. Um, Yeah, so we had some... That is Great m- names. That is mad. It's so good. So, look, I grew up in Salisbury. Um, moved to Adelaide when I was six. I yep. was adopted when I was six. Yep. But moved to Adelaide. Uh, grew up in uh, Salisbury, then Powerful Gardens. Yeah, tough yeah. area for anyone out there. It's a tough... It is a tough area. Mate, it was in dry. But you thought it was normal. Yeah, it was dry. It, I, summers in Adelaide, especially out north, I remember going out there with the parents and that. You know, you'd go to Barossa Valley. You must have taken a wrong turn if you're going it that way with the well, parents. Well, yeah, we tried to avoid it as much as we could. Main North Road, Jesus, oh. the amount of potholes on that road. <laughs> It's um, a bit better now, apparently. Yeah, it is a bit better. I've not been there in a couple of years. But, but it is, and it's a dry heat. So you, you, you get consistent 40-degree days and just dry. That northerly played, wind. You would have played footy in that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I played footy and cricket yep. in 40 Crit- degrees. They used to call cricket off when yeah. it was 41. Yes. And at 40 degrees, oh, no. there were people dying. Well, that was the thing. That was the thing. I got... I ended cricket in my teenage years because we were like, we were discovering girls and we were like, why would we stand out <laughs> in the middle of an oval and, and 40 degrees in a, in a wearing long sleeve whites and um, do this all the time? So we gave up cricket. Well, your comment about not the beaches, we didn't know what beaches were, so we no. had nothing but cricket. No. So, so we didn't know what happened in the summer. It, uh, so where did you swim? What was your local watering hole? Oh, well, the Salisbury Pool. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, it was either that or... You can imagine the bacteria in that one. <laughs> imagine the COVID running through that at the moment. But Far around. Anyway, if you so... lit that with a match, it would have gone straight up. <laughs> so that's where I grew up, mate. Salisbury and uh, ended up coming to Sydney, you know, 17 years ago. Okay. So um, yep. been here ever since and play footy down at UTS oh, for the Oh, beautiful, bats. yes. Um, and we'll get to what I've done in football. Okay. I love telling my story, but yeah. um, this is about you. So, mate, yeah. you, you grew up in Port Nalunga? Yes, 
grew up in Port Nalunga. What was, um, what was no, it? we grew up in Christie Downs, actually, which is a oh, pretty wow. rough area yeah. in itself. Bloody oath. Um, near Colonnade Shopping Centre there in Christie's Beach High School. But Christie's Beach High School was so bad that mum and dad said, you're not going there, you're going to Worrianda, which wasn't much better. Worrianda. Worrianda in Morfitt Vale, it was. <laughs> and it was a sporting school. So that's why I went there, because I love my sport. And um, Did you mate, have siblings? Yeah, I had a younger sister, five years younger than me, Holly. Um, and yeah, so we grew up in Christie Downs, got broken into three times in a month, and mum and dad said, we're sick of this. <laughs> dad played footy in Port Nalunga his whole life, grew up there. With, with the shoes? Uh, no, with the Port Nalunga cockle divers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that. I know. That is um, unbelievable. I'm going to look those bad boys yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, great team. Well, the last time, my premiership was the last one that we won in the A grade, which was 1997. <laughs> um and then, yeah, so we moved to Port Nalunga, and look, I loved our life, and that's why, you know, look, don't get me wrong, I love Sydney now, Christian, but I want to go back to Adelaide. Really? Because I, yeah, I love that simpler life, and I love the childhood that we had as kids, down the beach every day, riding our bikes around. I think you can still do that. Kids can still do that these days. You can't do that in the middle of Sydney. You, you, you can't. Look, converse to that, though, matey. I... I, I hated my childhood. Yeah, right. I, you know, yes. my, my my dad wasn't the he was quite a violent bloke. Yep. He used yep. to love used to love his piss. Like yes. He could drink a, a dozen long necks a night. Oh gosh, that's um, that's ridiculous. And he used to work at the West End Southwark Brewery. Yeah, so right. he, he used to get the cheap piss all the time anyway. Yep. So my childhood wasn't one where yours you loved, I hated it. Yes. So I live my childhood now vicariously through my kids. Got you. Right. Very hands yes. on dad. Yep. I've got two yep. girls that I share care with week yep. on, week off. Yep. Um, when it's when I have them, it's all about them. Yes. When I don't, it's all about this and yes. yeah. beach life and cricket, yep. golf with the lads and all the rest of it. So, yeah. so you love the Sydney life. I, I like of... it because yeah. mate, it's so accessible. The yeah. beach is around the corner. I know it is in Adelaide. Yep. And I know why you want to go back. Mm. But I, with my two young kids, yeah. I, even if I wanted to, I couldn't go back no. for another 10 or 12 no. years. Well, so, you don't really have anyone there anymore. I've you? only got the mates. All the yes. Portney lads are the only ones that are still there. Yep. Um, and in fact, I'm trying to get rid of a few of those, those mates anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Um, not a lot to go back to. No, well, but see, I, I'm the opposite. Family and friends for me, um, I have such a loyalty to my mates and what we went through and what we grew up with. And you know what? Some of them now, Christian, are, are having problems in their lives and a few mental problems and stuff like that. I feel like I have more of a, um, uh, a commitment to them to go back and to grow old with my mates Is, and that, my that's family. That's your personal commitment to them? Yeah, I feel like I do. I, I have a real connection to the people and the, the, the guys that I grew up with. You know, my life has been such a roller coaster um, with what's happened and, you know, being a bullied a little bit at school and then finding my best mates and then, you know, coming out of there, we went on the dole for six months together. Then we worked at, God, I was working at Franklin's No Frills. <laughs> I was working at Mitsubishi making seats selling jewellery. That was some of the best years of my life while playing footy. Yeah, and my footy was getting better and better. And then, then it was moving to Sydney when I got drafted. And and then, you know, the ups and downs with injuries. And so it's... So let's, let's go back to let's go back to your, your school life. When yeah. did you really really hit the mark with with no pun intended? When did you really hit the ground running with AFL? Well, it, I <clears throat> I was actually better at athletics. I was a, a little athletics. I I did really really well. Yep. Um, 
and I footy was always my number one love, but I was never good at it because I was very slight, thin, hadn't really grown too much then. So <clears throat> I was scared of the ball. I was scared of the body. Really? Yeah, and I wasn't a very good junior footballer. But then it got to a point where I was doing five different sports. I was doing nippers, life-saving. I was doing athletics, footy, cricket, and basketball. And it was too much. I was burning myself out. What was the first one that went? Well, athletics, because I was getting injured all the time. Um, my, I was having troubles with my ankles and the arches of my feet. So at, by the age of 12, that was the best thing I was... That was the thing that I was the best at. Wow. But I, I had to give it up. So... Dad said, we'll give that up. And I said, I love footy, even though that was probably the worst thing I was at, um, skill-wise. But I just love being around my mates and the team yeah, environment and totally being at Port Nalunga. You know what I'm, I mean? It's, oh, man, I it. And I think it's so important for kids these days to get them a part of a sporting organisation. That team environment, Christian, is everything, I think, for a child. And, you know, there's a lot of kids that are doing it tough out there. And, you know, they might not be able to confide in their mum and their dad or or family members, but mentors like coaches and teammates that you have at footy clubs, they're mates that you have forever. Yeah, and it's a good thing that you say that because, I mean, as a youngster, I think my, because I didn't have the dad that I wanted, yep. my, my mentor was my footy coach. Yes. And yeah. out at Salisbury. Um, and you, you confided in everything with him, did you? Like, that was... Mate, I got sent a picture from a guy I played footy. No, yeah. I kid you no lie, three weeks ago through Facebook, and I don't go to Facebook that yeah. often. yeah. But a guy I played footy with, fuck, back in 1982, yeah. sent me a photo from yeah. the Salisbury Footy Club. Yeah. And my, the coach <clears throat> at the back of it. And yeah. I remember that coach. Yeah, and yeah. I don't remember. My dad came and saw me play one game of yep. football. Yep. The one game I played, I got knocked out because I turned and looked at him. Yeah. And I got flattened. Yeah. He never came to watch another game. Nah. Whereas the coach was there. Always every training, there. every game. It's funny just not, to pick you up. Just on that and mentors, I just did something for the Rays Foundation where they're looking for mentors to talk to young kids. And this was a really interesting one, actually, because a majority of kids, and when you think about it, it's so true, but a majority of kids don't speak to their parents about things in life that really trouble them. And you can understand why, because you're always worried about how your parents are going to react. Yep. You know, it's with young guys. We never spoke to mum and dad about girls or... You know, if we were doing it tough at school or someone was, you know, doing something wrong to you, you never really spoke to your parents about it. That's where mentors are so important because the biggest one is either grandparents, coaches in sporting yep. teams is another big one. Yep. You know, um, aunties, uncles. Do you mentor anyone now? Well, I'd like to think that I mentor my children. And this is when I learned this, I want. And, you know, it's easy to say to your kids, I'm always here to talk to. Don't don't ever think that, you know, dad's going to get upset. But, the, you know, you're still trying to teach them morals and values. So they, but it's that perception they have that exactly. mum and dad are still going to get pissed off I, I if th- they say something to you. I think if they did something wrong and got into big trouble, let's say with the law, they're not come, I, I can promise you they wouldn't be coming to me. I, I, totally not. So, and But I want to change that. I want to change that perception. I don't know how to do it. I'm in a bit of a bind at the moment where... I think I have to accept, this is really interesting, because Ray's sort of said, don't try to be the mentor. You're the parent. They're never going to come to you. Try to find out who the mentor is and work with that person. So who would your kids turn to now? Well, that's... How old are your lads? So they're 11 and 7. And, mate, congratulations on the grand final. Oh, thank you. I saw saw it on Instagram. Yeah. Well, there's there's a good example, because 
I think my eldest son, he's really close to the coach, Mark Williams. Willow's a great guy. And I think there would be a plenty of kids in that team that if they had problems and didn't want to talk to mum and dad about it, Willow would he'd stand up. Pull, he'd pull them aside and tell them, give him some advice. And the young one? Um, he's, I reckon it's more their, his grandmothers. I think he, they're, they're, the both boys are very close to my mother and my wife's mother, my mother-in-law. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so I reckon if there was something that they needed to get off their chest, they'd probably go through the nans. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> but, but yeah. As a parent, though, it's it's bloody tough, though, because you try to be their friend. Yep. And as a separate, as a single dad, um, you ch- I'm trying to be my daughter's mate. Yes. But you're also trying to teach them, mould them into the people that yeah, you want them to be. Yeah, don't do that. You know, yes. don't do the silly things. Yeah. And if you do the silly things, you can still come and talk to me, yep. but... Yep. Think before you do. Exactly. And, mate, you, 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 so many balls in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, as I, I'm not good at juggling myself, so yes. I don't know what to do. But from that point, I think the mentor part is such a such a it's, valid point. It's Christian. It's I think about this all the time because I, you know, as a kid, mate, I was I could be a prick of a kid, uh-huh. and I, you know, we went through my mates and I. We we're only talking about this recently. We went through a real rebellious stage where we damaged things and stole and, you know, my parents would have been just... Pulling their hair out? Absolutely shattered if they knew half the stuff that I did. Have you told them much of what you did? Not really. I, you know what? I had a couple of drinks with them one night and sort of brought up a couple of things. But, you know, like, it, it was only... You know what? It was a very short phase in my life. Yeah. And it was that rebellious stage where it's like, fuck the world. You know what? We're, we're the boys from down south. No one talks to us like we're that. We're the cockle divers. Yeah, we're the, co- <laughs> the cockle divers. Wow. But, you know, it was just that. But, you know, I have, to, I have to stop and take a deep breath when my boys do something wrong and say to, I think the words you've got to say to yourself is you've been there before yourself. But every parent says that, though, mate. Well, you have to. You've got to give them leniency because, God, you, we've all done it. I'm, I'm not, again, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm, I'm not far from where you are. Yeah. Um, the problem with where I grew up is that there was so much trouble that people yes. got into. Yes. The things that I did piled in insignificance. Yes, got you. So me, yep. you know, wagging an afternoon of school, and yep. I was at school, academically, top of the class. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for me to wag school, that, my, that was my big rebellious thing, yes. wag school. Yes. My parents, they never heard about it. No. So no. it didn't really have the impact that you wanted it to. Yep. Um, yeah. For me, I either stole some stuff from the Woolies. Yes. At, you know, yeah. Yeah. How, whatever it was, the shopping centre there. Yeah. Well, that would have been um, regular out there. It, well, again, nothing was tied down, so no. it went missing. Yeah. Um, but, but I stole a packet of lollies and my parents found out. And the trouble I got into... I never did it again. No, no. But I think all I was trying to do is yep. get them to see what I was doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And every kid will do it. Every just, kid, Yeah. <clears throat> doesn't matter how good they are. I know. They'll get into some sort of strife. Peer pressure is a big one. Yeah. And in this day and age, things like TikTok. Bloody oath. Mate, the media, I mean, my daughters are on Snapchat, yep. TikTok, and they're 8 and 12. Yeah, And yeah. They're, they're monitored. They're, yes. they're regulated. Yeah. Fuck, it's still da- it's dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. I know. You just all I want my boys to be is respected in the community. You know what I mean? And it's, I think that's one of the reasons why I've had longevity in the game is just, just how easy it is just to treat people nice. You know what I mean? And totally understand. Um, and just to have that etiquette and manners and the way that you talk to people. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room to have that. Okay. And, and you'll have more an effect on a person 
by asking them how their day has been or helping them with what they need to do than some bloke who went to a private school and thinks his shit doesn't stink and thinks yep. he's better than everyone else because he's got a better education. Um, AFL. Yes. Let's get back to AFL. Yes. We keep we keep going off on tangents, like that, and that's yep. what I like about this. Yep. Um, AFL, uh, when did you start playing at South Adelaide? So I started... I started growing, and, and I was a late bloomer. So I didn't start. My balls didn't drop till I was about sixteen, seventeen, and then I just started growing. I had this huge growth spurt within a year. And so I, how tall are you now? So I'm one hundred and ninety nine centimeters, which is about six five and a half. Wow. Um, and I just started growing. So I went from B grade at Port Nalunga Cockle Divers to the A grade and we won the premiership the year after, which was one of the, probably the highlight of my footy career still, winning a premiership with my mates, my best How mates. old were you then? I was 19. What was Mad Monday like? Oh, it was massive. Massive. Where we, did you go in Adelaide? So we, we stayed in the change rooms all night and drank. We went and painted the local road, <laughs> the bridge that goes across the Onkaparinga River to the Port Nalunga Oval. We painted on the road, uh, Cockle Divers Premier's 97. Of course. The council took it down a couple of months later. It's a rite of passage, though. Yep. And then we went to Morfitt Vale Oval on the Sunday, and the boys may have left a couple of gifts on the oval there because we didn't like the emus. And then, mate, all week, Mad Monday, we just had a big pub crawl still in our Guernseys, smelling. How many flags have you won? Two. So that one and under seventeens at Port Nalunga. Didn't win any in AFL or SANFL. Really? Yeah. How close did you come in the SANFL? Yeah, well it, I only had one year. So I went we won that premiership. Yep. Then I went to South Adelaide the next year and had a great year at the Panthers. Well they haven't won a premiership since nineteen sixty four. You were no chance. We made the no, did we make the finals? I think we got pipped on the last game to make the finals. And I had my one year at South Adelaide, which was, I loved to death. Met some great mates down there as well. And then got drafted to the Sydney Swans. So in a matter of three years, it all just went bang, bang, bang. And I was still making seats at Mitsubishi. <laughs> so I remember I had to hand in my resignation to Mitsubishi. <laughs> and I remember one of the bosses, who wasn't even in my section, was like, why, why are you leaving us? And I said, oh, because I'm about to be drafted in the AFL. And he's like, all right, yeah, fair enough. Fair, cool. fair enough. We'll give that one to you. So um, that was it. I then I had to pack up, and it was my first taste of independence in Sydney, leaving Adelaide. What was that like, leaving home? It was hard. It was really, really hard. Because you're close to your mum and dad and sister? Yeah, yeah, I'm close to everyone that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, so what did the mates say to you? They, I had a big going away party and, you know, the classic stuff. The boys got a bloody blow-up doll that I had to carry around all night and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, you know, the boys, it, I think they were a bit, there was a bit of a little, is he going to make it or isn't he going to make it? Um, a bit of jealousy there, do you think? Oh, no, not jealousy. My mates were close. I think they were all more excited. They they got a trip over to Sydney as well to see me. But, yeah, true. But true. I, I, I hated the first couple of months, was very homesick, but then I just fell in love with Sydney. And it's funny, you you know, when you, it's your first taste of independence and I'm living with guys that had done the same thing from different states, Jude Bolton from Melbourne and yeah. Heath James and... Wow. They end up becoming your best mates as well, you know, like, because you go through that together. I love that about, in your life, when you, 
experience something that has a major is a major blip in your in your life, and you deal it and you go through it with somebody else. I love those moments because oh, absolutely, mate. I think that's what sport does. Yeah, sport I it, think brings as a as a individual in sport. I understand why people do it. They love you know, runners. They yep. they run. I get it. Yes, but a team sport, mm. you have that memory for life. Then yeah. you have the twenty year reunion, mm. or whatever it might yeah. be. You yeah. know, you just have the, you can see people in the street. And in Paddington, we won a flag. I was lucky enough to win a flag with the, with the bats. Yes. Um, and <laughs> mate, better, better than the cockle divers. I'll tell you what, mate, the, bat, the bats have got bloody... Well, not the but, Wuhan bats. You know, no, you'd be no, struggling no, now. Be, yeah, yeah, be changing the name of that. Bat, yeah, bats have changed a bit in the have, past year. We were lucky enough to win a flag in 2004. Yeah. My first, my second year in, in Sydney. Um, and I'll tell you now, Fitzy, um, mate, I had a bit of a day out. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, Playing B grade. Yes. Because I was getting on a bit. I was 30, 32 then. Yep. Had 11 kicks for the game. Yeah. It's not bad. 10 straight. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Hasn't been done before. Oh, Christian, you've kicked double figures in a grand final. Against Sydney Uni. Wow. So, <laughs> mate, I tell the story all the time. <laughs> I ended up waking up the next morning yeah. with the match ball. Because yes. it was given to me as BOG. Yep. yep. Uh, woke up with the match ball and um, maybe someone else. But uh, it yeah, was just... Yeah, half forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. tell you what, he was glad that fella too. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just but the memories we have. I pass people in, in Pado yeah. and, you know, down the beach and that, and they're, they're, yeah. you know, walk in the park, yeah. and that you'll see your mates. Yes. From, you know, now it's now 17 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, the last you, you never have. forget, you do never you? Forget you it. never forget and I'll tell you a true story. I had a guy in the car the other day, and him and his five mates do a podcast with the GWS lads. Yep. And they do it about, they post-match, they, they go through and they talk about um, the game that was. Yes. He gets in, and we start talking about 40. He said, yeah. mate, I played for, under a guy called Roger Moten, who's yep. now the GWS coach of the girls. Yep, yep. He was our coach at, at the Bats, player coach. And he said, mate, I, I got coached by Moats at Sydney Uni. Yeah. I said, well, that's who we beat in our final in 2004. And I said, I kicked 10 in the final. And this bloke's gone, mate, one of the guys on the podcast is the guy you kicked 10 on. No way! And I haven't seen him for 17 years. <laughs> you, and he doesn't want to see and you. I'm trying either. to reach out to him. He hasn't responded back. <laughs> so, mate, why would you? When you've had 10 on you, um, you'd you never respond back. But um, No, the camaraderie with, with sport, and I try and tell my daughters the same. They're yes. 8 and 12. My daughter... Loves netball. Yep. Um, loves soccer, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the friends she's made through that, oh. it, it, they're lifelong friends, even yeah. at that age. Yep. You, um, you, but when you have success and you win a premiership, you are so right. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see that person for 20 years. And if you walk past them on the street... You just know. You know, I get goosebumps when I see ex-teammates that I've won that premiership with. I love it. Because, love it. you know, it means so much to the community and to the club and... Yeah, so I look. I they're still some of my closest mates, and you know now we've got married and we've had family since, and you know I just I love being around that environment. Those guys that we've been through so much together. I want to go back and, and that, still have that. That's the Adelaide. Life. That's yeah. link. Yep. Um, so when you get to Sydney, you you, you doss down with with bolts. Yep. And yeah. a few others. Yeah. What was what was the you're going from. SANFL, which is competitive. Yes. No doubt about it. Yep. You've hit your straps there. You've had a good year. Yep. AFL. It's, it, mate. Different? It, it is. 
people ask, I've had a lot of questions about the difference between SA and FL, which is, you know, arguably with the VFL probably, and the Waffles up there as well is the best competition outside the AFL, but the, the step up from that to AFL is just ridiculous. Really? It is ridiculous. How did you, how did you settle into it? Just the pace of the game. And when you're a young kid as well, and I was so skinny, the unfortunate thing for me, I, they said, you need to put on weight and we need to put on muscle. So you're going to be working pretty hard, which was I was ready to go. But then I dislocated both my shoulders in the first year and needed two shoulder reconstructions. So I couldn't do any weights. I couldn't build up. Um, so you just you, you're getting your body ready for AFL footy. And you watch these, some of these, the good kids that come in now, they have all this skill and they get the ball, but mate, by the last quarter, they are absolutely rooted. Really? Because it is another, it's another standard Well, altogether. when you played football, and I'm not disparaging your game, and I'm talking about in general in yeah, AFL, yeah. you might have run 8 or 10 Ks. Yeah. Well, These I'll, days, yeah, they're it, running 15, 20. It's ridiculous. And they don't stop. No. Nah. If, I, if my teammates didn't hit me on the chest, yep. I'd tell them to keep running. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't there as to run. I was yeah. there to hurt people. Yeah. Take yep. a mark and hurt people. Exactly. These days, it's all built on no, athleticism. It's, it's more defence as well, you know. Like like you said, if you're playing up forward, your one job was to pluck grabs and kick goals. That's it. You didn't have to run. Yep. These days, yep. If, as a forward, you've got to move up the ground. Yep. You've got to be halfway and yeah. then still be able to get back yeah. and the ball goes over your shoulder. So, that danger field. Yeah. You know, Amazing. Rory. Lori yes. Sloan, these sort of players, yep. they just guns at the game. Yep. Like Cochin. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, I love watching these boys. But they are supreme athletes. People don't understand that. Like, it's the, it's what you see them do with the ball, but it's the stuff that they're doing when they don't have the ball, yep. which is impressive. Because they're yep. at one end, next yep. thing you know, they're at the other end, and they're taking that mark in front, or the defensive mark, in there, or they're taking the mark in front of goal and having a shot. Yeah. Did you ever think you're out of your depth? Um... Yeah, I did early. My first year, I was there with Tony Lockett. Oh, wow. And I remember in a trial game, they it was a scratch match, actually. It was a game between each other, um, the players in the squad. And they told me, Plugger was at full forward, and they said, Fitzy, go up to half forward flank. And I was like, I don't know where to go. And basically, Plugger told me to fuck off. He just said, get out of my area. Nobody comes near my area. I don't even know why you have forward pockets when Plugger's at full forward. He was a, wasn't he good, though? Oh, he was unbelievable. When he kicked that, he kicked that point <laughs> to take him through to the finals. Yeah. When he kicked it from 55. Oh. It just... It, there were players that, that light up the game. There are players that light up the game, and he was one of them. Yeah. Do you still speak to him? Uh, no, I haven't seen him. I ran into him a few years ago at a Swans game, and um, I was watching the game, and I was standing up in a corporate area, and someone's just given me one right in the kidneys. Just blocked the sun. And I've gone, what the hell is this? He's just punched me right in the kidneys. Turned around, it was Plugger. You're not going to say much? No. No. Nah, he used to call me Brains, because he reckons I had no brains. <laughs> Yeah, lovely bloke. Yeah. <laughs> lovely bloke. Well, well, I mean, to be there with someone like Plager, though, it was just amazing. So your first year in, in, in the Swans, how did it go for you? Um, yeah, so injured. So I, I started the year really well, and Rodney Eade said, you know, he was going to give me a game early on, but then I dislocated my shoulder, and I needed a shoulder reconstruction. So I was out for 16 weeks. Then I got myself fit again. And played the last two games of the year in reserves and played really well again. And Rodney Eve was like, I'm going to play your first AFL game. I'm going to play you in our first final, the elimination final. 
And I was like, fuck, are you serious? So my first game was going to be in a final. And I was freaking out. And that week at friggin' training, Greg Stafford, one-on-one with him, and he threw me to the ground, and I popped my other shoulder out. Had to have another shoulder shoulder reconstruction. And then I probably didn't didn't handle that well because I rang the boys straight away and I was just down in the dumps. So they were on their way ready to come up? No, they were playing finals, but all the other boys that were injured and weren't in the ones, I rang them and said, boys, celebration of the dislocation, and we went out in the piss for about three days, which is probably not the right thing to do after you do something like that. But at this stage, you're 18, 19? Yeah, 20. I was 20 years of age, which is a bit older for a draftee. Um, But, yeah, like, I mean... Still had my sort of first taste. I was close to getting into that team. So I, you know, I was thirsty then to have a good pre-season and get myself back. What was the pre-season like? Really good. Got myself fit as a fiddle. Um, And then... At that stage there, did you think, I can make it with the big boys? Yeah, I did. We had a couple of trial games early and I played really good. I stood Adam Goods one game and played well against Goodsy. And I thought, might be a chance here for the first game. And Rocket gave me the call up and said, you're in. Family came up. Yep. Mum and Dad came up from Adelaide. It was at um, Colonial Stadium, um, which is Marvel now. And it was the second ever game at Colonial Stadium. So the first one was on the Thursday night. Ours was on the Friday night against St Kilda. And I started on the bench. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to get much of a go here. And the only way... I I was going to be on the bench for the whole of the first quarter. And then Andrew Dunkley had to come off with a with the blood rule. So I remember Rodney Aid going, Fitzy, go out, straight, straight up and forward. And I ran off the bench, Christian, I ran straight down and I'm watching it and we're coming out of defence as I'm running forward. And I thought, Jesus, the ball's okay. Now it's up onto the wing to Darren Kressel. He's kicked it over to Ro- Robbie Armout on the half forward line. I still remember Robbie Armout had it, got around someone. And as I'm running down to the square, Robbie Armat from about 60 out, has had a shot. Like, he's on the run and had a shot. And I'm going, well, he's not going to make the distance. So I kept running, and I've run straight off the bench, run, and I've taken the mark on on the line and turned around, and I've just snapped my first goal. First first kick? In about 10 seconds, straight so, off the ground. So you're one of these rare players that kicks their goal, first kick is a goal? First kick was a goal, and then my second kick was a goal. Happy days. So it was, oh, mate, it was just... And then, you know what, well, I do remember this sense of, oh, like, Relief. confidence was up. You know, I'm not nervous anymore. That weight's off my shoulders. Let's have do a you bit, remember the rest of, of the game? Or a bit where you sort of... You... It's a bit of a blur. When I watch it back now, I go, I can't remember that bit. Or, <clears throat> But, yeah, it's a bit of a blur. And then I got interviewed after the game. That I can't remember either, but I some we watched it back the other day with my son, and um, yeah, and then you go, mate, and then your parents come down to the change rooms after the game, and what you, what was what was their reaction like? Oh, dad was nearly crying, you know, like my old man, he, footy was his whole life, so he played and then he coached, and then when his footy career finished, he lived vicariously through mine. Yeah, I love it. So that you know. And that's what I'm doing now with my boys. I'm getting another, another you know, crack at it. This, another injection of the game that I love, watching it through my boys. And you know, he just won the grand final recently with Dremoyne Power, and I was a mess. I was the water carrier. Don't think I was friggin', 
yelling out. I could see signs of my old man in me, and it really scared the shit out of me, actually. As a, as a parent <coughs> watching your son, did they win by much? They won by about seven goals in the oh, end, so, yeah. and they, so they knocked it on the head. Yeah. Um, are you one of these parents that has to bite your tongue, though? Yeah, I do, because I get too full on. As, like, as, a, as a water runner... Yeah. Can, can your lad hear you from one side of the yeah, field to the he, other? Yeah, he did, and he de- He told me to shut up the week before in the prelim, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, too. He said, shut, Dad, shut up in the final quarter. How'd you take that? Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> it was more tough, like, then turning around to the other parents, looking at you going, oh, God. They go, yeah, we know he's yeah, played yeah, the big game, but can he just, just leave him alone? <clears throat> There's another dad, Gerard, as well, <clears throat> and Gerard can be quite loud as well. And he usually stands on the other side of the oval. Oh, so you'll have a conversation with Yeah, other. and he was like, <laughs> and I was going, mate, I could hear you on the other side of the oval. And he goes, well, that's great, because all I could hear was you on the other side as well. <laughs> that is awesome. What does your wife say? Um, well, my wife's just as loud. Oh, like, Jesus. she tells me, she has a bit of a laugh because she's going, you're turning into your father. But she, I tell you what, my wife, she can fire up too. Is big that right? time. Big time. Rightio. So, AFL, where did, where did it finish for you? Um, so, AFL, so then I then did my knee, then got traded to Adelaide, um, which I was a bit shattered about. I wanted to prove myself at Sydney. Got traded to Adelaide, did my knee again, and then Adelaide said, look, unfortunately, <clears throat> we can't go with you. You run your race. Yeah, it's just, you know, look, we'd love to give you another go, but your body's just not holding up. <clears throat> so I had two shoulder recos, I had a double hernia op, and then I had two knee reconstructions, and that was it. In a matter of four years, it was done. So you've gone from skinny kid to big kid to SANFL, AFL, finish. And that was it in four years. And and I was like, oh, God. Did you, well, did you want to play footy after that? Did you, did you yeah. go and play anymore? Well, I didn't have... With well, the cockle divers, Christian... they say to you, look, mate, you're back in Adelaide, we'll <laughs> no, have you well, back. No, the Panthers, the South Adelaide Panthers in the SNFL said, come back here. And I said, look, you don't have to pay me too much, but just get me a good job. Um, because this was a thing, Christian, you know, and I didn't really save too much of my AFL money. I pissed a bit of it up the wall, gambling, and Dad was a bit shattered with that, and I didn't really have any skills coming out of it. Um, you know, I always you know, could deal with people quite easy and I felt really comfortable doing that. So I got a job in sales at a printing company and that was a disaster. I was going to ask you, because I had a guy in the car not long ago that turned out to be an Irish ex-Olympic rower. Yeah. Three times Olympics. Wow. And his career, when I picked him up not long ago, from just around the corner here actually, um, I said to him, what do you do for a crust? And he said, I actually transition elite athletes out of sport into real life. Wow. Because... They come. They go. They, they go into that 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 bubble. Yep. And their elite athletes are getting paid ridiculous money. Yep. yep. So for them to go and throw a grand on it's the bar, vital. Yeah. It's that. It, it's, it's not seen. Yet for them to go and transition into real life is the yeah. hardest thing they've ever done. For sure. But you were there for four years. Yes. Thereabouts. Yes. You said you've gone into a printing job. Yeah. So I, I came out of there with not much experience. I was making seats before that. And then, you know, that it, that is the biggest wake-up call of all. Did they say to you come back and make seats again? No. Didn't no, get a call back? No, nah, I wasn't going back to Mitzi's, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm an ambassador now, so I'm, I'm quite happy with that. It all worked out well. It's come full circle. Yeah. It's come full circle. But it's it's like the, the shock of getting paid good money playing AFL to then being told you delisted and then that money cuts off straight away. Oh, there's no residual? So you've got no income 
at all. Wow. Right? Now, they look after the AFL. They're quite good in putting money away for you every year, and you get a like. They do about ten grand a year, but you get that a year after you leave, which is a smart move. Yeah. Instead of giving it to AFL players straight away, and they, they blow piss it straight up away. Wall, yeah. Um, you got to wait a year, so that just stopped. So it was. I had a mortgage. I bought a house in Adelaide. Whereabouts in Adelaide? Uh, Glenelg. Oh. Yeah, Glenelg North. What an Tiny little place, six hundred square meters, and I was. I love that little place. Beautiful but, spot though. But it was a beautiful spot. But I. Um, you know, I was struggling to pay my mortgage. I even got to a point, Christian, where, you know, like, my mates were like, I was like, I didn't, know, I didn't have money coming in, and, you know, I had to, I had so many, so much debt racking up, and I thought, what do I do here? I even got to a point where, you know, like, we were going to, I was going to start growing plants. I remember having a, uh, having a lunch with mum, and I've spoken about this before, and, like, you know, my mum was always the barometer. I always needed to get permission from mum. Yeah. And, you know, like, mum, mum, we grew up in an environment where friends had been doing it and you'd heard about it before. And my mates were like, you've got a spare shed at your place. We can deck you out. And, um, and I remember having a, a lunch with mum and she was like, she stopped and started crying her eyes out and said, why would you? I can't understand why you'd want to throw your life away and do that. And You're I said, 22, 23 now. Yeah, I was 20, 24. No, no, you know, what was it? Yeah, no, 23, 24, yeah, you're right. And I said, I'm so sorry, Mum. Like, I wanted, I, I came here today to get your permission, and now I know how you Did you, you really feel. think your Mum's going to give you permission to grow marijuana? Well, I, you know, I thought in the back of my mind that, you know, um, for him to survive, yeah, it's fine. You just sort of like, nah, he won't get caught or, or anything like that. But it's funny these things that you go through in your life and what goes through your mind, it's... You know, I did. I, I felt so bad for putting her under the pressure of, of even asking that. So I said to Mum, "I will not do it." Guaranteed. Guaranteed, Mum. And I've on seen your reaction, it. and you know how much you mean to me. And so I, I didn't do it, and then kept working away. And it's funny how things change in life. Because I went back, went back to South Adelaide. Yep. Then did my knee again, Christian. A Jeez. week away from playing again, I friggin' did my knee, and it happened so easily. Just this click when I went to go turn. And I went, fuck this. You know what? I've done I've done so much rehabilitation on my body to get myself right and it just keeps breaking down. That's like, two shoulders, three knees. Three knees. Oh, mate, that's and enough. it was horrible. That's enough. And then I, I started rehabbing again, mate. I trying to come back again and I knew my body was stuffed. I couldn't jump, I couldn't run. Was your mind telling you go? Or it's like the body telling you no and the mind saying my Mate, mind was saying you get, you're fine, but then it was you know what there was I was there was doubt that was being cast in my mind because I couldn't run quick anymore. I yeah. couldn't leap like I used to for for balls. So then I was like, well, what do I do? And my mates were like, why don't you try it for that Big Brother reality <laughs> show? So I just, mean, just before we get to Big Brother, we've just hit Bondi. Yes. And it is, mate, this is, how lucky are we? It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, for all the people, and there's people that listen to this podcast around the world, which I'm yeah. really blessed to have yeah. have happen. But for those that don't know it, it's 22 degrees, there's not a cloud in the sky, and it is absolutely it's spectacular. It's crystal clear. It's an amazing beach. It's just an absolute prick to get to. Yeah, and it's on, on a Saturday, Sunday. Oh, Jesus. Don't even think about yeah. it. You might as well go and sit in your bath. Yeah. Um, righty Big Brother. Well, now this is this this is a break, isn't it? Well, it was you know it's it was a fleet fleeting conversation with my mates, 
And I thought, you know what, I would love to, I'd try it out for a couple of other things. I was doing a bit of boundary riding for Triple M in Adelaide and, <laughs> and I loved the media. I thought, you know, this is where I can be myself and have a bit of a laugh and I felt comfortable doing it. So I just put in an audition tape and then I got What was the audition tape like? It was me, you know what, it was me jumping off the jetty with my mates, having fun with my mum and dad. It was just showing my character, having a laugh. <clears throat> and I also, the other thing that I played up was that I was this loser in life. Everything that I put my mind to, I just, I was always unsuccessful. Footy. So this, this, <clears throat> this your videos, this, this is your way out. This was, and I thought it was a bit of a game plan to think they need, I need to, you know, I, what, what kind of character are they looking for? And I was this, you know, this big larrikin who just, everything that I did, I just was unsuccessful at. Footy, love, everything in my life. Like, I try to do things and they just never work. I'm part of a, a group called the Massive Loser Squad, but we're just, everything that we do is, <laughs> never comes off. And they loved it. They ate it up. And next thing you know, I'm, I've been asked to go up to the Gold Coast. And you know then, I knew it was a big show, right? And I, I knew then that my life is about to change. I just, right then you knew. Yeah. See, back in 2004, it was massive. Like, you know, they were getting millions and millions of watching the show. Um, and I thought, this is it. And I remember going into my footy coach at South Adelaide and I said, Pies, i got to... Mate, I've been asked to go on Big Brother. I've been asked. And, and, and he's like, why would you do that when you're a, when you're a footballer? He said, mate, I need you up forward this year. And I said, <laughs> and I said um, was, well, it, was I there was, a point in time where you thought, fuck, I've just got to stay and play footy? Yeah. Because Pies has said to me, yeah, Pies, he said, well, I need you. I, I love footy. Don't get me wrong. If I knew my body would hold up, I would do it. But I just said to him, mate, my body's been letting me down too much. He respected that? Yeah, and he did. And he was good. And that was it. I was off. And that's where everything changed. So Christian. what was Big Brother like? Amazing. Like, you know, there's a there's an element of Big Brother that you sort of still cringe about, right? But I, like, for that time, especially, specifically that time in my life, it couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah. I was down in the dumps. My body was given way. I just, I needed something in my life to give me a kickstart, right? I needed some confidence. And you know what? It's the one reality show. It's not like Survivor or The Block or anything like that where they're sleep deprived and they get absolutely smashed and no, no, you know, they don't get compensated at all. We sat around in a frigging house for three months doing bugger all and drink, getting drink, paid for drinking it. Drinking piss. Yeah, drinking piss. But it was, um, you know, it was an amazing experience. The, the one thing that I loved about it, and I don't want to sound like a wank here, but you are locked in a house. And if I could get this opportunity again to someone to say to me, I'm going to lock you off from your life, right? You're going to be stuck in a house in the middle of nowhere. You don't get your phone. You don't get television, no music, no nothing. You're stuck in there for three months. You don't know what's happening in the world. I didn't, we didn't know disasters. We didn't know footy team was winning. I didn't know anything. And at the start, it was hard. By the end of it, I just yearned for it more. I wanted it more. What's the one thing you found out when you came out that you're like, fuck me? Well, what I'm, happened in that three month period? First thing I asked was about the Panthers, if South Adelaide had made the finals, which I think they did that year. Um, and I remember, yeah, because I, I was a bit shattered actually, because the night that I got booted, 
was like the last weekend and I thought all my mates were going to be there, but they were so confident that I wasn't going to go out that night, so they didn't come up to the Gold no. Coast. So mum and dad was there, which was good, and my sister and my family. Um, but I was a bit like, well, I want to get on the piss with my mates as well. And they weren't there. So they came up the next day. But, um, yeah, I remember because you won a car back then, Christian. So I went into this Mitsubishi Lancer. Oh, Mitsubishi again. Yeah. And I, and I remember that, like, you've, that's it, you're out. And then the camera's following you around. And I'm in the car with Dad. And you see me, and I'm going, fuck, how'd the Panthers go? How, how are the Crows going? Port Nalunga? Tell me everything. <laughs> the cobble divers. And Dad's trying to tell me as quick as he can. And uh, I'm just trying to get all this information from my parents. But... Was there, were there any big events that did actually happen that you were a bit later you sort of thought, I'd, I'd missed that because I was inside the house? Um, no, there wasn't. I mean, back then, I was single and didn't have much responsibility in my yeah, life. Okay. So... You know, I was fine. I didn't really miss out on anything. Yeah, nice. That's so, why I said it couldn't have come at a better time. Post Big Brother, what's the, what's the media, you know, what happens with that? So I left and then I basically, for six months, mate, I went on a, I went on a pub crawl around Australia and, junk and got paid. This is what blows my mind. Like I would get paid 1500 bucks for a half hour appearance at a pub and you, I could do three in a night. So I would rock up, and for six months, I travelled all around Australia, and I basically became an alcoholic. I was about to say, you, you have was, a couple of cleansers at every place, wouldn't every, you? Every night. Every night. I was just doing this this huge tour around Australia to regionals, to everywhere. And the, the locals were so... Like, you get these lovely pub owners, and, you know, they're taking you out for a drink, first of all. You'd rock up and get on a mic, and... You'd, you know, you'd get interviewed and then you're out there and you're having a few beers with the locals. Okay, mate, pack up your gear. We're going to the next pub. It was um, it was amazing. I remember that was the first time I ever hit 100 kilos. I, I could never get to 100 kilos even mate, playing footy. There's nothing wrong with 100 kilos. God. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with 100 kilos, boss. What are you? My 101. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, that sounds so surprised. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's all muscle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep telling myself. So, so that was a good time in my life. And then I got back to Adelaide and Nova started up in Adelaide. So they said, do you want a job? Where was, the, was it, just before we get to Nova, was there a place that you travelled to when you're doing those gigs where you thought, fuck, just get me out of here? Oh, there was... Any oh, rough joints? Where did I go? Oh, God, we went up to Cairns. We did a hot, hot, was it hot, <laughs> hot FM it's called. Hot FM did this big thing on the radio and I was coming up. Geez, there was some funny locals up there. Oh, just some characters. I couldn't do it now. God, if I had to do it now, I don't think I'd last half an hour. <laughs> but back then, you're young. It's like, yeah. I, they, were, they were letting me bring mates with me. I was bringing my mates from Adelaide. Mate, they so, were loving you. Mate, and while I'm working, my mates are there just getting free piss the whole time, <laughs> going from pub to pub. They were loving it. No responsibility. Um, These are the lads back in home in Adelaide still. In Adelaide. Still yeah. my best mates. I love it. With. Absolutely love it. We'll swing back down towards Bondi. Um, we'll cut through, uh, maybe to Rose Bay, and we'll get you back to the uh, back, back to the Beautiful. office. Beautiful. Um, so Nova starts up. Yeah, Nova starts up, and it was the first time uh, they just bought a license in Adelaide, and um, they said we will we'll sign you for a two-year contract to be the sports reporter. And 
was just, it was all my dreams had come true. The dreams just keep going. And, you know, like it's, you know, and it's Adelaide as well. I'm an Adelaide boy. You know, in Adelaide, they struggled sometimes, the commercial radio stations to employ locals. You know, they always got people in from interstate. And so I loved it. Did breakfast there for six and a half years. And bre- So when you talk about breakfast, what time are you getting up? So getting up 20, pa- I've been getting up at 20 past four for 16 years. <laughs> You're an idiot. So mate, you're lucky that I'm a, I'm awake in this car because usually after the show, if I sit down, you're done. I'm gone. Well, mate, there's some water there for you. To, you know, little, you know, yeah, hook, you got hook, some hook, water. Hook in, boss. Oh, well done. Um, lightly sparkling. Lightly sparkling. Just, yeah. Aren't you fancy? Well, I you mean, Salisbury Waco. <laughs> Haven't I come a long way? Yeah. I, in a stolen Mazda CX. Where's the Salisbury Mazda, boy? Mazda's given me nothing for it. Every time I plug Mazda, I get nothing for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like Crystal Car Wash. Never mentioned again. Um, so Nova, mate, you, I was 16 years, you say, in the gig. Yeah. Um, what are the downsides of radio, apart from getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning? Um, it does, it consumes your life. Look, don't get me wrong, I, I have the best job in the world, and I absolutely adore it. But it, it has been very stressful over the years. I'm better now as I've got older. It's very stressful. It, when I say it consumes your life, I'm constantly on the look for content and and. You know, you've got to come up with three hours of content a day at that time in the morning, yeah. a day. So what time do you start? What time is the first? What time do you... So at 20 past four, I get up. Yep. I get into work at just before five. Yeah. I'll have breakfast. I read the paper. Um, I've sent through all my stuff. Uh, okay, so this is my day. So then I've sent all through my stuff from the night before. Then we do the show from six to nine. Yep. Um, and then we sort of stick around, look for more content. Then I'll go home. I'll keep myself busy by working out. And then you spend some time in the afternoon with the kids. or And then I'm on the computer again. So what, time, re- what time do you go to bed? I go to bed at about 8.30, 9, 9 o'clock. Yeah, so it's early. But I, I like the early life. I, I'd rather be an early riser than a late riser and working late at night. But the time of the kids, yeah. you, know, you can't replace it. No, you they'll can't. they'll get to that point where you talking about earlier. When they get yeah. to your age, at yeah. 17, 18, when sport yeah. takes over, yeah. boys, girls, whatever it might be, yeah. um, the parents, are, they're a mere memory. Mm. They're there for the money. They're there exactly. for somewhere to crash. Yep, yep. And then it's done. Yep. So, yeah, you, I, I know. Like, I, I think about this all the time. I, I, I'm lucky that I can spend a bit of time with my boys, but feel like sometimes I'm not doing enough sometimes, you know, like it's, but I'm always there. The boys always have me, but I, I do, I'm on the computer quite a bit, just looking for content all the time. And that can consume you so much that you stress yourself out. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't have enough for tomorrow. Like, oh, I need more. So and what do you do on those days when you, when you've got a gap? What do you, what do you fill it with? What do you, what's, what do you and Whipper do? Um, what personally, yeah. like when we're not working, yep. Um, oh god, well, we've been doing it for a while now. Like, I mean, we have families, so my life's consumed by school, um, kids' sport and that as well now. And nice. we like to travel, like, oh, we still love to travel. I mean, we were booked in, it's the first time ever. Um, you know, my mum and dad always said, We'll go to Disneyland one day. We never got to go to Disneyland, but it was the first time I was going to take, I was going to take my boys to Disneyland. Um, this year, and that got canned. Mate, you're, not, you're not going there for a while either. No, that's the thing. That is a couple so we've booked away, it again, again for June next year, but I don't know if that's going to come off. You don't reckon? Mate, you'll be back at the you'll be back on the coast before, <laughs> yeah. you, go to, before you go to um to yeah. Disneyland. So Disneyland could now, be a while off. Where did you meet your wife? 
so she's an Adelaide girl. And um, good, good girl. Yeah. Where did I, she grow up? Please tell me Salisbury. Blackwood. Oh, yeah, she's a Blackwood girl up oh, in the yeah. hills. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw her. I saw her in Adelaide at a bar one night and just instantly fell in love with her. I was like, who the hell is that girl? And my mate who was with me is going, oh, that's that's Belinda Irons. Mate, um, our mate, Toddy Bay, she's married to her sister. And I was like, there's my in. There's your in. So then did some asking around and she unfortunately had a boyfriend. Um, so, you know, tried a couple of times, got to meet her, but she had a boyfriend. So then I didn't see her for a couple of years, then ran into her again. And I, the next time I ran into her, I thought, oh, she's... Okay, she sort of looked back there. I think she might be half keen. <laughs> and then, which, which pub was this at? Uh, Please tell me it was something like the Havelock. No, no. I, I, I think the first time I saw her, I don't like. So it was the Savvy Nightclub. Savvy. It was the Savvy, and then but and you'll then give me, you'll give me grief about Salisbury. Yeah. <laughs> wow. In the city, but you know that was only a fleeting moment. But you know, I think the first time I spent time with her was the big day out in Adelaide. There you go. And we ended up, we ended up getting our first photo together in the boiler room. Oh. You know, the boiler room when it's too. forty degrees yeah. and the Chemical Brothers is just <laughs> cranking out, pumping out some, um, hey boys, hey girls, <laughs> and then. Um, we had a great night, went back to Limo's house for a party, and uh, it's so Adelaide, isn't it? It is, mate. And I thought, this is on here, but she was still with her guy. Oh, really? But he, I found out afterwards, because BJ and I became pretty close, and she was like, yeah, no, she was suspecting that he was cheating. So she'd found a couple of emails and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not going to help. So she was like, no, yeah, and I, well, I was... Like, well, I could be the shoulder to cry on no, if you dad. need somebody. Mate, could she reach your shoulder? No, no, she she can't. No, she's, what is she? BJ's about five foot six, five foot seven. <laughs> so there is a bit of a difference. Yeah, a but a yeah difference. I, I pursued her for a long time. When did she finally say, yeah, mate, we're on? She, so she was living up in Brisbane as a virgin flight attendant. Yep. And I would go up there for work sometimes and always go and see her. And then one night she said, I can't do it with this guy anymore. I've told him. And then that was it. And we were an item. So we were doing long distance for a while. But yeah, I fell in love straight away with her. She, she, and I've been very lucky. She's she's such an amazing support. And How long have you guys been together for now? So we've been together for 14 years. And um, it flies 14, out, doesn't it? 15 years, yeah. And yeah, married you better, you better 12. Get, you better get that right. Yeah, you I better know. get that right, mate. Cause married mean, 12 and a half. Rightio. Wow. Yep. Um, is she the person you go to? All the time. Yep. Yeah, she's my... I mean, she's so amazing with the boys as well. And, you know, with my lifestyle, when things are up and running and that, with, with television and that, I'm travelling quite a bit as well. She, she just... She holds down the house, mate. So, mate, not long ago, you... Uh, you Unfortunately, had your, your dog pass away. Yep. Um, and my daughter saw that post. Oh, right. And um, a bit bit disgusted with you, actually, because I sent you a note through Instagram, but you didn't respond to it. Oh, me. I did not. No, 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 it's yeah, okay, I got, mate. I did no, get no. a lot of messages. Yeah, no, no. But that, mate, that, <laughs> too late to make excuses. That really hurt me. Um, and I said to my daughter, no, he responded. He said, no, no, thanks very much for the message. Yeah. Um, and only because they saw that message about that. But you made a point in that about blokes and their emotions yep. and people not talking especially blokes not talking. Yeah. And things like, are you okay? And all these other sort of institutions about people being able to go to. Yep. 
Um, what are some of the organisations now that you really have your hand in that you're trying to make change? Yeah, well, raise.org.au is one. And we'll, we'll and give that a plug, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, Letters to My Mentor is a, a very important one. Um, so that one, you know, that was, you know, confiding in someone. It's all about talking. And, and this is the thing, like, I was always uncomfortable talking to my old man or opening up to my mates where we grew up, and you would have been the same, it's a sign of weak. It was always a sign of weakness. Absolutely, mate. You know, if you had problems, it's astounding when you look back how we actually... I mean, you you learn how to deal with it, but how we actually just got through life without not actually talking to anyone. Yeah. Because you just bottle it up. This was the thing. So with the dog, when our dog passed away, right, I always said to myself, it's just... When it happened, I said, it's just a dog. It's not that bad. And then it really hit me when I got home and the dog wasn't there. And I said to my boys, right, I remember that day and my wife was, you know, she's crying the whole time. I, I had tears as well. The family were really gone. And I said, I've got to talk about this tomorrow. I have to. Because if I, I can't just go into work tomorrow and as if okay. everything's okay. Yeah. I can't. So I wrote down what was in my mind at the moment. I wrote down my feelings under a piece of paper, which made me feel better about myself straight away. But then I grabbed my eldest and I said, Huey, I could, like, I want to do this tomorrow on the show. The thing is, though, there's a, there's this voice in me saying, don't do it. That's weak. You, you know what? You're going to cry when you do it. And your mates are going to hear it. People are going to hear you cry and you, you, you don't want to sound weak. And I said, you know what, I could listen to that. How easy is it for me to walk away and not do it and not talk about it and no one would know any Life better. goes on. That's right. Or I can take myself out of my comfort zone and show other people out there, especially guys, that it's okay to do this. It's all right to get emotional and, and cry about something. So I said, I've got those two options. Because, you know, there's been a couple of things with my kids as well where they've... they've you know, they're little things like athletics. They, they got asked to do a 200-metre final one day, and he didn't want to do it because it's, it's a longer race and it takes a bit out of you. And he said, no, nah, Dad, I don't want to do it. I said, don't. Take yourself out of your comfort zone, yeah. mate. You know it's going to be hard, but it's for 30 seconds of your life. You know, And you know how much, you'll, how much better you'll feel afterwards after you've done it. But he made the decision, no, nah, I'm not doing it. And okay, I, I, I said to him, I don't want you... To live your life like this, where when something gets a little bit too hard, you don't want to push yourself. Yeah. So I said, this is how I'm feeling at the moment. I don't want to do this break tomorrow, but I'm going to do it. Because I want to show you, and I want to show my mates, and I want to show my family that it's okay to cry, especially on radio when you have hundreds of thousands of people listening to you. Yeah. So I did it, and I knew I was going to break down straight. You know, it's so funny as a bloke when you know you've got a speech like that coming up. doesn't matter how much you tell yourself you're going to be all right, and you're feeling fine yeah, the whole time. Of course you are. Then as soon as you start talking, you know straight away, I'm gone here. I thought, I've just got to get through it. I've got to get through it. What was the reaction to that, mate? It was massive. It, it, it was massive. And, I, I, and this is what I love now. I think we're slowly coming around we still have a lot to go especially males in talking about that stuff god my dad freaking hell like he there's no way he we would have never seen that side of dad growing up and then my grandfather on top of that who was you know my grandfather wasn't an angel 
He could be quite violent when he wanted to as well. You can imagine what my old man went through with his dad. Yeah, times are different though, aren't oh, they? It's, times well, are different. This is the thing. The, the thing that gets me really excited is that, you know, I'm coming around now and I'm that generation, but I look at my boys. Imagine what they're going to be like when they have kids. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully it'll, be, it'll go full circle. Well, this is the one thing that I hold on to, Christian, about racism in Australia, about, you know, just things in... It, it, things the, the problems that we have in this, and it, people will go, oh, racism, it's getting better. But you know what? You, this, the whole Adam Goods debate, I look at it and I go, no, fuck, we're still way no, off. We man. are way off. We're way, way off. off. But hopefully, this next generation, in 50 years, things will be even better. That's the one thing that I hold on to, is my two boys. Yeah. And, and the I, way I, that they're going to be telling other people, no. Nah, you can't say that, or you can't treat that person like that. And I think, mate, that is, it's an awesome point, because my girls are the same, 8 and 12. Uh, the way they look at things, like when I grew up, yeah. and I grew up in Salisbury, as yeah. you know. Yeah, well, and you would have dealt with it all the time. There was a, but you talk about Adam Goods and mm. Mickey O'Loughlin, those sort of guys, the Wanganine boys. Mm. Back then, there was a, there was a, a divide between the Aboriginal kids yep. and the white, white. Yep. the white kids. Yep. And even in sport, yeah. there was a divide. Yet they yeah. were, they, Fuck, they were great Dominate. to watch. They yeah. killed the game. Yeah. But there was still that divide between the the Aboriginal yes. and the white. Yeah. We're, we're still poles apart from where we need to be. Yes, But exactly. in this day and age, and at school, yeah. in my daughter's primary school and in the high school, one of my daughter's friends, when I loved it on the weekend, um, was a, 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 just not your traditional kid. Yeah, yeah. And I, I sat there with Marley at the beach down at Coogee, yeah. and I was so proud of her because yeah. her, the diversity in her friends was nothing I would have ever, ever had as yep. a kid. Yeah, I never had any Aboriginal kids no. uh, as friends. No, um, and it wasn't I didn't want them; it's just they never spoke to us. No, we never spoke to no. them. They nowadays it's different. Yeah. the schools are different. They're it bringing is. that multicultural society in. Yeah, I've got a thing that I do on my Instagram about the countries of origin. Yeah, in my passengers in the last three months, and yeah. outside Australians, I've had fifty-two different. Countries of origin, yep. booking passengers. Yeah, it just goes to show you how multicultural yeah, we are. Yeah, it is. It is. But our kids are the ones that yeah. are going to make that next greater Bloody step. Oath. So, Bloody oath. Um, it's, a, it's because a, you can't. This is the thing. And when that whole debate went on with Goodsy, you know, I, I felt I, got, I was so drained trying to convince people that you're fucking wrong. Like, you, how can you tell me? Or how can you tell anyone else how Adam Good should feel? No, you can't. If he is offended by what's been said or what's been done, how can you say that that's not racist? Because he he thinks it's racist, and that's all that and matters. That's enough. That's enough. That's the, what matters. Yeah. So it was that was exhausting that whole period, and and then I got to the point where the conclusion was, we're not going to be able to change any of their minds. Let them go. Let's just focus on the next generation. What's the next big project for you now? Um, family for me. Like, uh, the biggest thing for me, Christian, is now balancing. I've learned how to balance work, life, and family. And, you know, it's changed my life. It's, um, you know, like it's just spending more time with them. I, I was a person that couldn't say no to anything for years and years and years. Don't hit that car, mate. You oh, mate, we're in a world of trouble. trouble, yeah. Was that a Lamborghini? I'm not sure. Ferrari. I'm just trying to get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the rear view mirror at the moment. We hit, we hit that, mate. Uh, I'm Oz, starting to come to clean your the toilets. The Aussie, Aussie Uber would be gone if you hit that car. Yeah, mate, we've been in a world of trouble. Um, mate, we'll sneak through Pado, get onto the motorway, we'll be back here, and yeah. we'll get back at the office in 10 minutes. Jeez, I tell you what, can I just tell you a story? We're on Oxford Street now. 
But when I first come over from Adelaide, he, and, and this was a, another story of opening up your eyes to Sydney, and the Swannies boys said to me, um, the Mardi Gras on. We should go to the Mardi Gras. And I was sort of like, you know, being this young kid from Adelaide, I was like, oh, oh fuck, you serious? And then I went, no, okay, no worries, I'll go along with you. And, mate, it was one of the best nights I ever had, Christian, <laughs> that we set up out at Moore Park, uh, outside the SCG. Yeah. And we took an esky down with the parade, and we had such a good night. We ended up in the parade with a few guys, <laughs> met, met these amazing guys, and it was funny. We had a few drinks that night, but we always had training the next morning after the Mardi Gras. We had, like, rehab in the morning. And in the um, gym at the SCG, they would leave the door open, and you'd always get guys from the Mardi Gras coming down, still partying from the night before. Come in, fellas, do a couple of bicep curls. That's the last um, thing I wanted to do. So, you know, like, that's getting out of Adelaide, and, you know, and, like, God, you can imagine our environments growing up as well, yeah. even with homophobia and oh, racism wow. and all of that kind of stuff. That was. This is some good driving. That is some great driving. This is some great driving. Oh, that's uh, but that's that's not an Uber driver though. That's no. a ninety-year-old lady having trouble. <laughs> um, getting out of where I grew up down the south of Adelaide and coming to Sydney. Yeah. I think that really opened my eyes as well, you know. And that was. I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it because it it, um, it just introduces you to an, a whole new world, and it's an amazing world. We love Sydney. How long do you think you'll do the radio for? Um, I reckon, yeah, I've got a few more years in me. I'm doing, I, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. I'm doing really well. I'd love to go back to Adelaide at some stage. Do you think radio will take you there? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll always, I can always get a job in Adelaide, but you know. The, Mitsubishi. I yeah, mean, there's yeah. Some, there's some seats in there. Uh, Tonsley Park's gone now. Yeah, no, yeah. actually, they've all gone, haven't they? I know, which is a bit sad, but, um. Um, but yeah, no, I, I want to go back to Adelaide. I'd love to keep doing it with Nova, so I just gotta, I gotta wait for the right opportunity. Well, mate, we are here, well um, done, mate. That's an hour and fifteen you've quick done, time. You've done very we're, well. We're that is money. good timing. Yeah, mate, it's it's how I roll. So appreciate it, bro. All good. Thank I'll you, Christian. Thanks, no mate. worries. I've got a gift for you as well. Oh, thank you, bro. Didn't have to do that. No, it's all good. Oh, that was Fitzy. Wow. Mate, he's, he's, he's every bit the bloke you hope he is. And um, great chat. Really grateful. Uh, just gave him the book of Fortunate Life. Just told him what it meant to me, and hopefully he gets a little bit out of it uh, when he gets a chance to chance to read it. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, what, a, what a life. What a bloke. Uh, doing a lot of work in that mental health space with Ray's and uh, we're certainly going to try and plug the hell out of that I think it's so important that people just reach out to organisations like that and the mentor I think it's so important everyone has a mentor I didn't really think about it too much until then but uh, he's got me thinking so Fitzy mate really appreciate your time uh, fuck he's a big lad uh, I actually had to look up at him when I uh, went to shake his hand outside the car. 
cracking, cracking story though, and I loved it. Loved every minute of that hour and 15. We got him right there on the money. So, mate, thank you so much. We look forward to speaking to you soon. Well, that's the end of another awesome episode. I'd just like to ask all of those people that get the opportunity to listen to the podcast to uh, recommend it and share it to their friends and family, colleagues, loved ones, people they hate, because it's, uh, it's gaining some momentum for all those people that are subscribed, rated, and reviewed. Thank you so much. Again, if you can recommend and share it with your friends, family, loved ones, that'd be, uh, that'd be awesome. We look forward to sharing more episodes in the coming weeks and months. Thanks very much.